King Hell and Skin. If we're behind, then never mind. We'll fight and fight and win, for we're from Tigerland. G'day everybody and welcome to the 21st edition of Tiger Tragics, it's preliminary final week. My name is Mitchell Scott, I say hello to Tony Shebeki. Hello Mitchell, and may I say that that is the most serious I've ever heard you sounding at the start of our podcast in 21 editions. We're getting down to business this week, it's business time. We're in a preliminary final and we need to, uh, you know, we just need to get the job done. you were just very... Hello, everybody, and welcome. Uh, Carl Bianco, how are you? Gentlemen, it's all about keeping it within the four walls this week. Within the four walls. It's not... Was the lid off last week? The lid was off last week, and you can't put the lid back no, on, mate. No, Once it's, it's boiled... You've got to take a serious approach within the four walls. <laughs> just keep it within the How bubble, as Ross hey, Lyon would say. Can I just say that I am just so not used to this. It's just really weird for me being in preliminary final week and hearing people on the radio talking about my team. I'm fair income. I'm hearing the boys of the Morning Glory this morning doing what I was hearing Matty Granlin and, and doing it as he's filling in for KB and like we are recording on a Monday. It is just so weird hearing people talking about Richmond, how they're going to cope with the pressure, how they're doing this, all the, all the, uh, the focus is on the Tigers and all this sort of stuff. The sickness has started in my stomach seven days <laughs> earlier than what it should have. It's going to be a long week, isn't it? It's going to be huge. But it is absolutely foreign territory, isn't it? I mean, like we... I'm not used to being this emotionally invested in a in a final series. I mean, to, to a degree, I was last year because my parents are Bulldog supporters, and I was really happy for for them nice. to be making it a grand final. But for me, as a person, uh, I mean, what was it? 16 years ago, we last made a prelim, and even then, we were absolute outsiders to try and win that against a rampaging yeah. Brisbane. So we've never been in that position since. I don't think this is really in your lifetime, Carl. Is it just about? I well, mean, 1995 was the last time before that. Yeah, well, 2000, 2000. Yeah, 2001 was one Brisbane. Was yeah. Final, yeah, yeah. I was only young. I was only a young tack. I was only five back then. So I, I remember it, but I don't at the same time. Like when you're that age, you kind of. You know that you go for Richmond because you're wearing all the jumpers and whatnot and the, your parents are forcing you to wear them, you know. But obviously, it's not a force these days. It's just life. Richmond is life, I suppose. Especially this time of year when we're in a bloody prelim. We're in a prelim. We're bleeding yellow and black at the moment. And uh, did you enjoy last week? Did you did you soak it up? Did you, did, you, did you run around and, you know, not be able to wipe the smile off your face? I was nearly nude down Swan Street on the Friday night, but I, you know, I'm still, still com- coming down from that. Told you you should change your tablets. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it was weird knowing that your team is still alive, but you're watching a weekend of football and your team wasn't there. And I was so glad that I got down to Port Melbourne to watch the preliminary final in Richmond do Box Hill in that game for the fact that it gave me a Richmond fix. Otherwise, it might have even been a stranger weekend. Yes. Knowing that my team's still alive, but hang on, where are they? Mm. That, that, that was really weird. So... What a great! Can we start off with that? Yeah, let's what go. a great effort by our VFL team. As you've been forecasting for ages, Carl, you 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 had a premonition. Oh, yes. You said yes. you said Richmond is going to play in a grand final, and we definitely are, as it stands. But as we know it, it's we were into the VFL prelim, uh, grand final for the first time. I think I think we won the well, 90- the First time as rich as, as Richmond is a standalone. Yeah, I, I I did read something the other day that um I think back in the old reserves days. So this is our first official um, VFL. Grand finals of Santa Claus, but back in the reserves days, I think in '97 we made it through and, and we won it. But that's you know 20 years ago, and um, you know completely different sort of league and completely different sort of standard. But we're in a grand final. We smashed Box Hill. Shebex, you were there. Yeah, I was. Tell uh, us about it. It was a really good effort. I, I tell you what, I haven't seen much of the uh, VFL this year because normally when they play at Punt Road, I've got to be inside the MCG. So haven't had. I've seen them a couple of times on TV. This unit is as good a VFL unit as I've seen 
functioning together. Very, very good. 20 of our AFL-listed players played in the 22 or the 23 on the weekend. So we have absolutely no injuries to worry about. Sorry, I take that back. You may have noticed in the last quarter that uh, Shai Bolton yeah, has taken play, off. Cotton wool. Only as insurance against Daniel Rioli, who I believe has a minor leg injury at okay. the moment. They don't believe that it's going to stop him from playing. But just as insurance, grab Shy off, make sure he doesn't get injured. So he's got that opportunity if uh, if need be. So that's just one thing to, to be aware of, is that Daniel may be just a bit sore. Uh, yeah, a little bit sore, but otherwise all good. Sean Hampson. Had he have come back two or three weeks beforehand, I am guaranteeing you he would have been this team now. He is he's playing like a demon in the ruck. Didn't lose the tap out. Having said that, though, Var Marich was fantastic backup for him as well. His ability to get back and, and clunk some strong marks in defence as well was fantastic. So, Sean Hampson, still a chance to make the Richmond team should anything go wrong. The young guys, once again, just... Prove their worth. What Sammy Lloyd was was great. Bolton was fantastic. Steger was fantastic as well. Choi, I thought, was really good up forward as well. Yeah. Uh, probably the best I've seen him play this year on the weekend. Uh, can I just say that I'm watching Jake Batchelor, who I thought was probably our best on the ground. I thought it was Joel Bowden. He's moving like that. He, he is moving like Joel Bowden. He's got the number 11 on his back. He's got that beautiful raking left foot. Yes. Even looks like him, and <laughs> I would have thought that you know Bachelor was one of the players at the start of the year that I would have thought oh you know he's he's disposable come the end of the year and, and he but might well be. But which, I think confidence when it's all around you, it's amazing how much it lifts you. Uh, and can I tell you, Griff is clunking marks and doing a great job up forward. He's not going to make this AFL team this year, which is unfortunate because he deserves to be there. He's a good player, but preseason. Gets himself right in the head and all that sort of stuff with the concussions. He can be a valuable. Forget trying to find that extra tool that we're looking for He's in the there. draft or something. He's there. We're just going to make sure this guy can can play consecutive games in in the AFL. But he was marking well. A really great effort. Craig McRae has got this team purring. Just really good to watch. Well, they're taking on Port Melbourne. The the, the name that came out of the Richmond team to go into that qualifying final was Oleg Markov. And uh, and from my understanding, he was just about best on as well. He had 26, kicked a goal. Miles um, had his usual 30. Sam Lloyd was doing his thing. Um, there was a lot of coaching. from. I, I sat right next to the Richmond bench, and there was a lot of coaching to Oleg okay. from the bench about posi- in, in where he needed to position himself at times. So okay. that was interesting to see that they're working with him on that. Was, was there anyone who you would say – I mean, you mentioned Hampson, and I think that if, if GWS had their tools – uh, had Jeremy Cameron and Shane Mumford in that side, that's where I would Hampson's be thinking for sure. Hampson would probably come totally. in. But that's not going to be the case. They're going to, they're going to stick with what they had last week. So do you think there's anyone who might be just who, who has to be selected from the well, VFL side? Well, I suppose side? the main question of that is, is there anyone that comes out of the Richmond team? Oh, well, Nathan, there's two names on the on the list, and I want to talk about them a little little bit later. But was because depending on who you believe like, might come out of the team, yeah. depends on who may come in. Because there's six or seven blokes who are ready to come into that senior team if they're needed, and I have no doubt about that. They're watching that team play on the weekend. There are six or seven blokes that are capable of stepping straight back into that senior team. I tell you what, it's going to be if 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 Richmond does happen to win. On Saturday, and we're going to talk about that very shortly. And one of those names isn't Reese Conker either. If Carl, 
No. Poor old Reese. Uh, if uh, if one of the, if, if 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 it does happen to be a, a, a Richmond win on Saturday at the MCG, and uh, you know we then take that momentum, it's going to be the biggest turnout for a VFL grand final, I think, ever as well. Which is, so it's it's Richmond versus uh, Port Melbourne at Etihad Stadium on the Sunday. Um, I still don't know why they play it at Etihad. I mean, I, I think they expect to have this, you know, extra, uh, you know, ten thousand people, and yeah, they probably do get a bigger crowd than they would to get down at Port Melbourne. But uh, I don't know. For me, it just Eddie had has never been part of the VFL all year, so no, why exactly. are we why are we playing the grand final? Because you got the TSC Cup there as well. Well, they've moved got... it to after this year. The TSC Cup, which is really which weird. Is so you got the, AFL, the other way around. The VFL Women's Grand Final first, and then you got the, uh, the VFL um, final, and then you got the got TSC, TSC Cup, Cup starting at what around about five o'clock. Or yeah, something. it seems a, it's a strange decision, but good on them. But get out there, and even if Richmond do do lose on this on Saturday, I know that there'll be people walking around a bit forlorn. But get out and support Richmond at Sunday at Etihad Stadium. Um, it's a lot cheaper for a grand final ticket than it will be the week after. I can tell yeah. you that. And uh, you know, it'd be good to see a, a sea of yellow and black. And particularly if we are there, take that momentum in. Let's own the week. No, exactly. But uh, hey, that- can I just give you something? Yeah, uh, and I, I think we all like omens and the like. This was sent to me during the week by a, a, a Richmond fan of mine, Tony Newstead, who's a, a Mad Tiger supporter. This is the comparison between Geelong and Richmond. Uh, seen, have you yeah. seen this? I have now, seen for this. For those people that are out there that haven't heard it, let me read it to you. The comparison between Geelong and Richmond from the years 2005 through to 2007. Have a listen to this. In 2005, Geelong had a finals loss. In 2015, so 10 years later, everything's all 10 years later, Richmond had a finals loss. In 2006, Geelong missed the finals. In 2016, Richmond missed the finals. There was a review in 2006 of Geelong and the same in Richmond in 2016. 2006, Thompson survives at Geelong. Thompson Hardwick survives at Richmond 10 years later. Neil Baum joined the Cats in 2006. <laughs> he joined Richmond in 2016. All hail the JJ Liston Trophy was won by James Byrne from Geelong in 2007. Jacob Townsend won it in 2017. And well done to Townie on, yes, on winning yeah, that. We'll Just get back to, to that for yeah. sure. 2007 MVP was Gary Ablett, senior, junior, junior. Uh, 2017 MVP was Dustin Martin, 10 years later. The AFLCA MVP was Gary Ablett, Dustin Martin, 10 years later as well. The 2007 Brownlow was won by Jimmy Bartell. The 2017 Brownlow will will be be Dustin Martin. (laughs) The 2007 flag was won by Geelong. The 2017 flag in the VFL, I'm talking about, sorry, in the VFL was won by Geelong, should be won by Richmond on Sunday. And, of course, the 2007 AFL flag was won by Geelong. All those things stick up. We're home. We're home. Just, just, let's, the lid was off last week, but we're home. Let's just, let's just get the flag and celebrate. History doesn't lie. It's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) That is, that is extremely amazing. Brings us to Saturday, 4.45, MCG, 90,000 people we want there, of which about 88,000 will be Richmond supporters, I would think. GWS are booking a couple of buses to come down. I believe they're just little so scooters. So 55-seaters. Yeah, they're little, yeah. They're little okay. scooters, and they'll just bring them down and get the, get the, the two fans I need to On get that, in. On that, yeah. they were the 110 people that were at Spotless. Spotless Stadium. There is no way... There is absolutely no way there was 15,000 people there no chance. on the weekend. It holds 22, and the top deck was empty. So that's got to be half. That's got to be down to 11 at least. Yeah. And then there were that many empty seats. You know, when I used to commentate the National Soccer League many years ago before it was the A-League, they used to have games at uh, the local soccer grounds. 
the Melbourne Knights and South Melbourne and the like. And they would be absolutely packed at, with to the rafters people were hanging from the 15,000, 16,000 people at these games. You look at the Herald Sun on the Monday, and because it was all a cash gate, there was 8,000 crowd in the Herald Sun because that's all they had to declare for tax. Yeah, but there'd be 15,000. The AFL's doing it the other way. They're paying more tax <laughs> for reasons I don't know why. I just got to sell the. Well, they're trying to talk up how big it is up there and how the imprint is. And yes, they do have twenty thousand members, but where were they? No. I d- I've got no idea. Well, the, the, the interestingly, the crowd at the Matildas versus Brazil uh, women's soccer international down the road at Penrith had a bigger crowd. Yeah. And this isn't taking it away away from from women's soccer. That's a fantastic crowd Great for crowd. women's sport. And that's, that's amazing. And, and let me say, but, the but Matildas it was, a, it was a, Brazil it was good effort. How good were they? But it was, this is a semi-final, and if you're a, if you're a fair, this is your last chance Correct. as a GWS member to come and see your team play at your home ground for the year. So they didn't turn up. What did you make of the game, though, Carl? Because GWS did do a number on West Coast. Was there anything to fear? I look. I don't really think so. I think GWS, uh, but both sides are cooked. GWS and West Coast. Looking at that, they both look cooked. <laughs> in my in my opinion, I'm not. I'm not they just won by ten that. goals. Like, they're still cooked. They're playing a, an opposition that have a bunch of players that... What's their average age at West Coast? Is like 27, it 26? Was, it was the most experienced uh, Eagles team ever to take the field on the weekend. My point exactly. They're all too old. And now they're, and I think they'd had the um, you know the impact of playing the extra time, the extra travel, so, all that sort of stuff. Was, that's that's that, a big call what, to make, though. Isn't we it? spoke about this last week, and, and that's when I said when I wanted West Coast to play us in the preliminary final, because I was actually hoping that the team that the way the West Coast played on Saturday would be the way that they would be against us the yeah. week after. They actually a bridge had that too a week far. Yeah. I, I disagree because I would have thought that if they had have beaten GWS, they would have really given it, it a red totally hot. totally cooked, mate. They would have, they would have they, really given it a red hot crack the following week yeah. to try and get up for the old veterans like Petrie, Mitchell yeah, and the Briggs. Legs, the legs wouldn't have They probably the wouldn't line. have got there, but what I'm saying is they would have came to play for at least a half of football where Richmond could have been a tad tested. That's my theory anyway, whereas GWS... They're obviously going to run out the four quarters against us this weekend. So. And can we put Stevie J's performance into perspective yes, as well? Yes, please. Thank you, Shebex. The game was over. There was a 50-point margin or whatever it was at half time, And then Stevie Johnson goes on to kick six goals against a team that was deflated, demoralised, and totally diminished in their ability to defend the game. A lot Steve, of Ds there, Shebex. There is. <laughs> That's a rhyme very much yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so... For Steve Johnson to kick six goals in, in absolute junk time, which lasted for two quarters, junk time, in that game, Robert Walls told me, he said to his wife, 15 minutes into the third quarter, darling, you can watch whatever you like. I'm over this game. It's finished. It's done. 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 Uh, so, please, please, as I said last <laughs> week in the podcast, play Stevie J. Please play. Have the balls to play Stevie J against Richmond when he comes up against Asprey, when he comes up against Hooley, when he comes up against Rance, when he comes up against Grimes, when he comes up against a defence that has increased its tackling and has learnt how to tackle from a mixed martial arts expert. As we read in the Herald Sun Stevie J, he will fit. He can be (laughs) sore from breakfast to bumhole. Breakfast at (laughs) Tiffany's. I'm glad you've said that, Shemix, because I think that that... West Coast performance really did flatter GWS, and oh, it, yeah, they yes. were witches' hats. They might yeah. as well put on Gold Coast jumpers by the end of it. But the good thing about it is, is it was, that us having the break and not having a hard hit out 
was the same for GWS as well. So yeah. we both go into next week's game not having a fully-fledged proper hit-out. Hey, but well, let's not put Gold Coast down. They might have Ken Hinckley as a coach. They now, might so, by the end of this know. podcast. <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out. Um, just, I, I suppose the one, the, the positive for GWS that they will take from that is that they got their confidence back. They felt like they got the game back on the way they like to play it. And they did. And they will take that confidence into coming down here. Um, you know, to, to they'll, they'll feel like they'll put their best foot forward. They've got their mojo back, so to speak. Toby Green scares me. Toby Green does scare me. He actually was really good in that first quarter. And when we look back at last time that we played them, Toby Green looked like he was going to be a factor until he punched Rance. And from there, that was the turning point. He went straight out of the game. In fact, GWS went straight out of the game. The rain then came down. We turned. We we got the game straight back on our terms. We ended up winning by yeah. three goals. But that first quarter, they did do. They did like the space at the MCG. They were able to get their their um, you know their possession game going. Their their run and carry, and we weren't able to defend it until the rain came and sort of took it out of it. So that's the that's the the um, the worry I kind of have going into it. But that said. The key word, as we've had this whole season, has been pressure. And that game on the weekend lacked any sort of pressure whatsoever. There was no pressure from the opposition. There was no pressure. They didn't have to apply any pressure themselves. There was no pressure coming or noise coming from the crowd. There was no atmosphere. There was the and as you say, the game was dead by half time, which allowed some, you know, like Stevie Johnson to to have a, a Lazarus effect and come out and kick six. Take that mentality and apply it. To an MCG crowd, 90,000 people there, 88,000 booing your guts out every time you go near the ball, and a team applying relentless, unprecedented pressure. I mean, that was the thing that came out of that game against Geelong, was that pressure factor that champion data recorded for Richmond had never been recorded by another team. That was the standard. And we open up the Herald Sun today and we talk about the, the players that really do have an impact in this pressure game. And, you know, Jack Graham, in his third game now, he's had three games he's deemed elite for pressure in the AFL. Kane Lambert, a player, a whipping boy of this team for a lot of years. Is he going to go on and do things elite for pressure? Butler, Rioli, Nankervis, our Ruckman, Grig and Hooley. Grig, uh, you know, ridiculed for being a soft outside player. Same as Hooley. They're deemed above average for pressure. Then you look at the forward half, and this is where, you know, you talk about Dan Rioli being sore and potentially being out. That's what scares me because he is our elite half forward, half pre- uh, our elite half pressure player. For forward of centre, I should say. Um, and then you've got Butler, Castagna, Bolton and Rewalt all all above average there. So this is what it's going to come down to. It's, it is pressure versus speed. It is, um, it is a team of champions versus a champion team. Are, we, are you confident? Are you nervous? I ran a tw- we ran a Twitter poll yesterday from the um, the Tiger Tragics uh, Twitter account there, just put, asking the question to, to our fans out there. Are you... Confident? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you doubtful? I should follow Tiger Tragics. You really should. At Tiger Tragics. It's on Twitter. (laughs) And we pump out the the podcast and stuff from this. It's kind of a mixed bag. And I think this kind of reflects how everyone as a Richmond supporter is feeling. 29% confident of a win. 34% just excited to be there. 34% nervous. But luckily only 3% doubtful. So we're we're all up and about. We think we can get a result. But we just don't know how far to read into it. Gentlemen, what's your instinct going into this? Oh, my instinct going into it is that we win, but I'm scared about it. There's no doubt. I mean, GWS, you're right. They are a, they're a team of champions. Would they have 15 first-round draft picks in that first year or something that they're around? They, they've got some very, very good players. And if they, if they get it right, they're a very, very hard team to beat. 
I would have loved West Coast due to the fact that I thought our league speed just would have wiped West Coast off the park. Yeah. GWS matches us league speed. Forward-wise, I think if we can negate pattern, that really takes out their tall, and then there's a lot of work to be done by their smaller brigade, especially with Cameron out of the team as well. So I think pattern can be negated by a, a rant. So they, they could probably even run two or three blokes through him to make sure that someone's fresh on him all the time. Our, our forward half still... I'm still not 100% convinced that we've got the perfect setup, but we've got one that's working, which is great. We've been scoring more in the last month than yeah. we have all year, which I think is... And that's I've, due a lot to the delivery from our midfielders as well into the forward half. That makes such yeah. a massive difference. And we, we spoke about this, I think it might have been 15 podcasts ago. The fact that our defence is so strong at the moment and so tight as a unit, Jack Revolt has probably saved himself an extra six or seven kilometres a game, not having to run deep into defence to help out and then having to run forward off the press. He has so, played more forward to centre so, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. So that has helped him a hell of a lot as well because he's not getting any younger. What, what is he, 28, 29 now? Yeah, about that. Yeah, so, I mean, you stuck it. You stuck it in that extra case through your legs. You don't recover as quickly. So there's been so many things that have gone our way throughout this year. Injuries, we've been blessed, absolutely kissed <laughs> in the area that... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my thoughts on the game yeah. this week. Yeah, because well, yeah, I've made no sense. No, you made perfect I'm sense. I'm sick in the stomach. I'll say this, and <laughs> this, this is something that uh, Campbell Brown said on SEN Evenings uh, on, during the Hard Hitters a couple of months back when he first jumped on board the Evenings program, and it was actually a really interesting thing that he said. And he can speak on behalf of somebody that's actually been a part of one of the two constructed clubs in the AFL, or by the AFL in GWS or the Gold Coast. One of the key things that he experienced when he was at the Gold Coast was they tried to rush youngsters that had come into the club into senior mature age players. And he can't do that. It just jolters a player's development. So I think the biggest thing at GWS and at the Gold Coast that we've seen over the years is these great players come out that are naturally gifted but have been rushed into trying to be a, you know, built senior footballer that can that can compete with you know, the competition's best. And some, look, have, um, and others have been pretty injury-prone. But you look at what we've done at Richmond and what Hardwick said at the end of last year, you know, some of these players we haven't revealed are, are really exciting, right? So that, to, to me, says we've had some youngsters that have come to the club in the last two or three years that have taken some time to develop through the VFL to become a bit more mature and a little bit more built and solid to be suitable to play AFL football. And now they're sort of fit enough and I'm trying to find the right word to describe this, but I guess an AFL footballer... They're mature enough. A more mature enough to be able to you know, come up against the best in the competition. And that's allowed them to sort of adjust to our new game plan, which appears to be about pressure, if you look at it. Oh, it's, all about, it's all, it's about, all pressure. about pressure. And, and it's... In my opinion, it's been fantastic to see these youngsters. You know, you look at Jack Graham being the best example. He's a bloke that's 19 years of age that's come into the team late in the year. And his pressure is elite for someone of his age. He's elite and he's only 19 years old. Like, that's unbelievable. You know, our development of our youngsters, something that we really needed to work on, has been worked on, I suppose, in the last 12 to 18 months. And it's really 
paying off. How we... again to confidence, though, doesn't it? You yeah. have the confidence of those blokes to be able to play them. And I don't think we had that in the past. No, and that's probably that brings me to my next question. Do we have any doubts over those guys coming into a preliminary final where it's all or nothing? Um, and you know we got the monkey off the back in the last game, but do we do we worry about whether those guys because because GWS's uh, list? I reckon going into this game, I'll call, I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong here, but I reckon that they'll actually probably have an older list across the board than we will, because we've got we've got blokes like Rioli and Butler and that, yeah, and they, 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 so they'll probably have the more mature side, and they've got guys like Heath Shaw and um and and Steve Johnson in that side who have won finals and won premierships so they know they know what it's like out there against against this sort of thing and they yeah, they can they act do, as coaches and they and they will act as coaches and they'll pass on that knowledge to their players but at the same time what you experience yourself it can't be taught to you or told to you by anyone else because everyone will react to a situation differently Johnson and Heath Shaw and those guys. And, of course, they had the experience last year as well of making the preliminary final also. So yeah. having said that, though, it was a preliminary final in Sydney with eighteen to 20,000 people. Of which half were Bulldogs fans. Correct. As opposed to being <laughs> in the MCG yeah. with 90,000 people. Yeah. And did I read in the paper today that it was either Heath Shaw or Steve Johnson said we won't be phased by the fact that there's going to be 80, 85,000 Richmond fans I, I, I think it was Heath Shaw. He was speaking on the Sunday footy show yesterday. And he, you are a crazy man, Heath Shaw. He made it's the comment that you. he was asked about, um, he said, they, they said, well, you know, what are you going to have to do to, you know, to, to, to get on the other side of that? And they said, oh, we'd like, you know, we've got to kick goals early, which is, which is, which is right. I mean, if they want to take, which probably brings me to my next point, but if they want to take the crowd out of it, they need to, they need to have an electric start GWS and get four goals on the ball, which is exactly what they did against us in round 18, which, which brings me to the onus are so much of this game. We can talk about the 22 players on the field all we want. And, you know, I, I tend to think that if those, those young guys, if the, the system is what will fall apart, not the players individually. So if the system sticks up, they will thrive in it and, they, and, we'll, and we'll keep doing what we've been doing. If that falls apart for some reason, and, and then GWS are going to be able to get find their way back into the game and they'll be able to get that ball movement they're all about. But it is so important, Tiger fans. It is extremely important, Tiger fans, to, to be the 23rd man for this game, to get along, to cheer every Richmond movement, to boo every uh, GWS movement in you know, with in decent respect, yeah. I'm not. We're not calling for for idiot behaviour here, but we're calling for make it be known to every single GWS um, player out on that field that this is a Richmond cauldron, and we want them to be hearing every single little bit of of movement and sound coming over that fence. Again, don't be idiots. Don't. I'm not calling for a lynch mob here. I'm calling for a Richmond supporters group to actually be its loudest and proudest about its football club and help get its mob over the line. Um, and you know, I think we saw, we saw the capability of what can happen against you know Geelong when you know those special moments of where like you know Dustin Martin comes off and the and the, it felt like a Premier League game. I know people have given the you know you go to a you go to an Arsenal versus Fulham game or something and it's fifty thousand Arsenal supporters and they cheer every single little thing. We haven't had really had that opportunity here, and I would argue that this will probably be the most one sided and largest finals crowd just about in history. I'm, I'm trying to think of one that might top it because it's such a small fan base coming the other way and such a large fan base from Richmond coming hey, in. You're spot on. If you look at you look at games at the Adelaide Oval and you look at the games at the at, uh, Subiaco in the past and if you look at games, it, that they hold 40,000, 50,000 people and they are fairly one side. But this could be seventy to 80,000 Richmond fans yep. in, in the MCG. It, it, you, you're dead right. It could be one of the largest one-sided affairs. I have to just say also... 
if Richmond hadn't have been as successful as they have been this year as a club, and GWS was still in the same position they are where they're in a prelim, I would have loved nothing more than to see whoever was playing them just absolutely run over the top of them and beat them. Because I I respect the AFL as an organisation, but the fact that we've... And we have to obviously have expansion, but I'm... I've never been a fan of GWS and and the way the AFL has showed some favoritism towards a club. You got to build a cup a club from scratch and to their credit they've done well, but you know, the AFL have basically done everything to help them as far as giving them the draft picks and whatnot. So to have such an orchestrated club doing so well in such a small time period. Yeah, but everyone was aware of that when it first happened. Yeah, it, it was it was outlined you know, in the, detail what was going to happen. You don't see the same ex- success up on the Gold Coast, no, they, do you? The, you no, but, but, but the reason, and the, I'll tell you, the, the, there's, a, there's a reason why the AFL is so gung-ho on making it work, and it actually helps all other clubs, and that is a $2 billion broadcast arrangement which gets na- eyes on, on TVs in Sydney. They could sell... Um, the the media rights into a larger market by having an extra team in a pocket that they can Correct. grow. That's what that's what it's all about. So if 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 they don't have that team, we don't have two billion dollars in broadcast rights money coming in, which means the game doesn't grow, which means it hurts grassroots, which means it hurts everyone else. So it's it's actually there to help everyone. I agree that it feels like I you know they don't feel like a team to me. They feel, they're a franchise. Let's be let's be brutal about that. They but, are a franchise yep. that the AFL has put in an area, and they want them to do well for the sake of the competition. I'm 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 okay with that, but not this year, please. The last thing I just <laughs> want to quickly say on that, right? Before you actually look at doing stuff like that, you need to ensure that every existing club is looked after. Because if you look at it, Brisbane's been left to dry for a little while. So I'm just using them as an example. They're on the right track. They appear to be on the right track now. But clubs such as a Brisbane, you know, North Melbourne are sort of down there at the moment. Not necessarily have off-field issues, but... You know, you want those clubs that have been down there for a little while, up and about, um, and heading in the right direction. You you want to be making that a priority before you look at other areas to expand the competition and the broadcasting. You know, like I think all existing football clubs should take preference before you look at expansion. It, that's just my opinion, mm. uh, I, and I'm a little, yeah, a little disappointed. I'm, I'm happy for GWS, but I'm I'm disappointed at the same time. So, in my opinion. Wouldn't have mattered if Richmond were in the position they're in now, or if another club were in the position. I'd just love to see nothing more than that team going over the top of GWS. I think the way it's affected us in a very first-hand sense is the fact that we did lose, you know, because so many of those draft picks over those two years went to GWS. That all clubs that were, um, you know, needing those draft picks to top up got pushed down the order a fair bit, which is where, which we for us, we had to go and get in the Basher Hoolies and the Sean Griggs and those sort of guys and just top up, and that's why we never really went beyond that. That realm of 2013 to 15, we 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 were stuck at that level, um, and we had to take the backward step to go forward and put the time into the kids that you spoke about before, which exactly. was really important. Yeah, but you know, could we have gone if it wasn't for GWS? Might we have grown a bit earlier? Perhaps uh, who's who's to say we you know we we might have had a Dylan Shield at our club. We might have had um, you know a, a Nick Haynes, some of these guys who who are who are at GWS. They might have ended up being at Richmond. You just don't know. But um, certainly, one bloke who is at Richmond who's now at GWS. A guy named Brett Delidio, who happens to be playing his 250th AFL game it's in a final to go to, for a place in a grand final against his old side. Um, it's weird. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> it really is weird. Uh, for the fact that we haven't played him at all this year. So the first time we see Brett Delidio up against Richmond is in a preliminary it's, final. Yeah. It is to weird. To knock us out. And he must be... I know that... Like, the, look, there's a, some quotes running in Fairfax papers today, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying they, were, they weren't... They were 
said on the weekend, they were said about three weeks ago at pre-finals, they did it all in sort of media day and Andrew Rue got some comments and um, the comment was, he was asked about, you know, what, how would you feel about coming up against Richmond, you know, in a final? And his comment was, look, uh, you know, I had a lot of great time at Richmond, I've got some great mates there, but they are just any other club. And I think, but that, you know, it makes a sexy headline when you run that story now, coming up against yeah, them in a preliminary yeah. final. Oh, Richmond's just any other club. Well, Brett, you know, I think for a week, that's how we have to feel about you, mate. Um, I I'm feel, not sure they will. Yeah. I, look, I, I suppose it'll be interesting to see how Richmond supporters go. If he's lining up for a goal, you know, 50 metres out, because his form hasn't been great for GWS. He's been just going. And they moved into a halfback on the weekend, and he found a little bit of, of, of steam. But he's... He's, I'm not worried about him, but at the same time, no one knows Richmond better than Brett Delidio it's in a, terms of who's come out of that system to go and give him some IP. It's the, it's the old Nathan Buckley scenario, isn't it? I leave in my club because I want to go play in finals and uh, in a grand final. I think that was the attitude that Brett took when he left Richmond, yeah, he, he, thinking that he'd get to GWS and play in grand finals. Buckley had the same attitude when he left Brisbane to go to Collingwood. The reason was he wanted to play in finals. Brisbane go on and win three flags. Buckley mm. didn't play in one. No, 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 but no, but he was an assistant coach for the 2010 one. That was didn't play in one. Didn't though. play in one. No, he played in a couple of grannies. But maybe we might win the next three. Well, who knows? But it's it is it. I've, you know, it is interesting in that. You know, he did. Le- he left. He left us. Right. Let's not. Let's not. I mean, it, it helped us in the end. But he put his hand up and said, "I want to get out of here. I'm 29, turning 30. I want a chance of winning some flags." He's gone there, and part of me thinks he hasn't. If he wins a flag, good on you, Brett, and I'm I'm happy for you. But he hasn't earned it this year, has he? Has he earned it? He's no, played he's in played five, five ga- games. He's played yeah. five games. He's he's fallen into the team just because on reputation. Um, and you know what? And he hasn't hey, really. Fellow wants to say something. He hasn't really done anything. I got no yeah. sympathy for Brett Deledio whatsoever, and I'll tell you why. Because it was a selfish thing of him to leave the club and decide to. You know, look, look. He's at an age where he's getting on, and he's probably only got three or four years left of football at very most. And he and to he he wants to be able to play in a grand final, so he's going to GWS. That's fine, right? It, but it was a selfish decision. However, it's been the best thing to have ever happened to Richmond, and I tell you why. Uh, because we've been able to get players such as Prestia, Caddy, Nankervis. And also allow players that were sort of our second tier players in the past seasons step up. to step up and two first round draft picks as and, well. Don't forget. Yeah, we've got the extra they got the extra first rounder, yeah, which they've got the opportunity. They've had the opportunities to step up and play in the best twenty two and play bloody great football, which has led to where we are today. I think there's a real galvanising effect of what it does to your culture when your big name superstar leaves. And I and I talk about and you know, this you is talk- why we're all concerned about Dustin possibly leaving at the time. If it had have happened, it had have happened, and we would have survived. The club yeah. would have survived. Kevin Bartlett said that, and it's so true. Adelaide could be playing in a grand final. They yep. even got Patrick Dangerfield. Lance Franklin leaves Hawthorne. They win. They, they win. A, exactly. They win the next two flags after that, having exactly. already won one. And how many G- have Sydney won since then? None. Correct. Gary Ablett leaves Geelong after 2010. What happens the next year? Geelong win a flag. Correct. It, it's a there's the a real galvanizing thing, and that's why I think it's you know this is it would be sickly sweet to the point of like indulging on fairy floss to knock Brett Delidio out of the finals and put us into a grand final um, for that very reason that, you know, you know, I, I, Brett's been a, a long-term servant of this football club, but for this week, it's all hostilities. I think we just have to, he's the enemy. I think he's just, the enemy. He's in a GWS jumper. Just to summarise that as well, just quickly, Mitch and Shebex, you could have, you could buy the best player in the AFL, 
right? Whoever it is at the time, if it's Dustin Martin, it's Dustin Martin, Gary Ablett, you name them. They're the best player in the AFL. You could buy them with as much money as you've got as a football club. Does not necessarily mean True. the following year you're going to front up into a grand final or a it's final only one series. one player. Mm. Exactly. Takes 22 blokes to win a game of footy. Um, a couple of players that didn't play on the weekend, or that played on the weekend for GWS, didn't face us last time in round 18 when we got up by, by 19 points in the wet. Uh, Brett Delidio didn't play that day. Um, Tim Taranto didn't play that day. He played on the weekend. Doesn't he read the news on SEN in the afternoon? That's Tony Tardio. Oh, Tony okay. Tardio. <laughs> Tim Taranto, who's, who's just returned from a, from a syndesmosis injury. Um, Jacob Hopper, who came back in, uh, in, in about, at the same time as, as Delidio came in. And probably the most important name there was Steve Cornelio didn't play. Now, he missed, he's missed a lot of the season as well, but just got back at the right time. Um, really important player for them, was just about best on ground for them on the, on the weekend. There's talk of, you know, he, has, he can be a pretty good run with player. And the debate goes down to who do you who do you send him with? Do you send him to Martin or do you send him to Cochin? Now, where, where, where who copes better with a tag for the starting point? I'd say Martin probably copes yes. copes pretty well with a tag. Yes. But you've got it. You cannot leave Dustin Martin unchecked. No, not in a preliminary try. Good luck with it if you do, because he's going to hurt you. There's no doubt. Shut down Trent Cochin. Dustin Martin still runs rampage. Well, the thing I was really happy with last weekend, I would have, I against Geelong. I thought they were going to go after Trent Cochin again because that's what they did um, down at Geelong. But they actually there was a mental shift where we actually went after them. Trent Cochin was running with um was right was making Selwood and Dangerfield accountable. Um, do we need to be doing that sort of same thing again, Cal? Does, does Trent Cochin need to be the aggressor and not the not the the the, the person who's attacked? I think Trent Cochin just has to be Trent Cochin. So whatever that happens to be this weekend, it happens to be. He's, he's going to give it his all. He's going to really stand up. He already has stood up as a captain and taken it to the next level because there was a lot of pressure on him last year as the, the captain of the football club. And In actual fact, if we go back to early on in the in the scene last year, people were saying Brett Delidio should be our captain back when Lids was still around. Start of the year, people were saying, David King said Alex Rance should be our captain. And he was, as it turned out, he's the captain of the All-Australian team. It's bizarre, yeah. isn't it? But that's... Goes to the, the Trent's leadership has grown through the support of others around him as yep. well, um, and you know we 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 spoke last week about how how relieved we were that, that Trent played really well in a final and stood up and did it again. And um, there's no reason why he can't. I don't think it. I think for GWS is going to have to move away from it what, what it traditionally does if it's going to negate our guys because they they're traditionally you know they they're all about ball movement and being aggressive and and you know streaming forward and we get the ball movement going and you know we'll counteract that with our pressure game and you know throw, just you know beat the, I think as Kingy and that put it it's like six bees just buzzing around players everywhere it's like a hive we won't have to go away from our game to shut them down but they're going to have to go away from theirs to try and get us so um the, you know you talk about you spoke about before about Patton um I reckon Asprey probably goes to him which allows Rance to to, to you know, play that yeah. sort of role. Last time we played him, he went with he went with Stevie J. Do we do we need to do given what we saw on the weekend? Do we do we need to make that again? Because I'm I'm just wondering whether Rance and Toby Green might be a good matchup because Grimes probably would starve it on him. But I'm just wondering whether who's their best forward? I think it's Toby Green. They've put your best defender on him. It's who's Rance. Who, which which one plays going to knock out Toby Green? <laughs> Um, I did not Dustin Martin, please. No, um, no Nathan Broad, sacrificial yeah. lamb. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> we can take that. Broad, can do it. 
Take one for the team. But, but that's a smart ass. I don't like him. But does that is that does that play so part of it as well? Do we need to do we need to try and do we need to you know try and get in their heads a bit? Is that going to be part of it as well? That we need to play a bit of play some mind games because we know we've seen it firsthand against us that, that you know the short fuse. I say it week in and week out, Mitch. When we talk about this, let's just play the Richmond brand of football they've been playing this year, and that's tough, uncompromising, hard footy. If we do that, we'll win. I, I have no doubt that we will win. If we play fast. Tough, uncommon. If we try not to get fancy, we try not to get smart. We just play the brand of footy that we've been playing all year. We'll win. We'll, we'll win the flag with that brand of footy. What brings us to we, we touched on it off the top. Potential changes for this team um, to come in to the Richmond side. So, what you saw in the VFL, the two names that I wanted to float, who probably had question marks next to their names, were Castagna yep. and Broad. Do we is Castagna doing enough? Um, from a pressure sense and you know hitting the scoreboard. And we've probably had a bit of a mark over his head for about a month now. And I'd agree with you with Castagna. He he would definitely have a question mark next to his name based on his performance last week. Yep. If you if you spare him that, or two weeks ago, I should yep. say, if you spare him that and think about what he's done for the team in the last eight weeks, Castagna stays. But I think if Castagna goes out and Daniel Rowley's fine, I think Shai Bolton comes in. Yes. Carl? Yeah, look, I think... We'll probably go on with only one change, if any, and that will depend on Rioli's fitness. Um, I think Hardwick's going to back Joey in in best twenty-two. It, it, it's weird. Oh, for I hope me he does. Be, I think yeah, he is. It's weird for me to be saying that. I, I mean, but I, I think that's going to be the likely story. Joey actually, will get It's back actually in. quite funny because I honestly don't think we've got our best twenty-two in that senior twenty-two, but we've got a very, very capable and very good twenty-two. That the other guys can't actually get back in. Yeah, but why would you change your best twenty? Like, well, that's the twenty-two it's stability, you know, isn't it? It's, it's un, it this is an un- no, but you wouldn't. That's it. That's exactly. what I'm saying. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And that's the, the, like stability is un, is foreign territory for us as well. We're not used to sort of going into finals, going oh we've got a very good settled side that yeah there might be some better individual players outside of it, but in terms of who's playing the team system and who's not and, and who's who's you know expendable. As it stands, there's not really anyone putting their hand up to go, yeah, you're the one who has to come out. Um, it was more a case. I mean, we had the dilemma with how do you get Josh Caddy back into the side? That was yeah. that was the issue. So the other the other name that um, was probably Na- was Nathan Broad, just because he is one of the least lesser experienced ones. And um, he did have a couple of clangers in the game against Geelong, but played a really good second half, got his, got his head right and got back into the game. Um, is there a better defensive option from what we saw on the weekend who, you know, who might be a bit more of a mature head in a preliminary final, to come in, Jake Batchelor just on his performance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if if I'm looking for someone, I, I would think maybe Jack ba- Jake Batchelor could be an option based on that performance on the weekend. Possibly. Yeah. Or maybe Shorty. I don't know. Oh yeah, Short Possibly. was good too. Yeah, Short was good. Yeah, he's he's another option because he played a lot of the senior or played a lot in the senior squad. Throughout as, the year, so as good as Markov was in the VFL, I feel like we him going out didn't uh, we didn't lose any speed or run off half back, which was kind of the issue of sitting there going, oh, you know, if we lose him, do we do we lose that sort of balance of the side? I didn't feel like we lost that, so therefore, I you know, as good as Oleg was there, I don't think he's getting back in. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if it go if we go in unchanged. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if there's yeah there is the if there is the one change there, and certainly that question mark over Daniel Rioli is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on throughout the week. But um, just just to reiterate, you're you're expecting him to be okay, but there is yeah, a yeah, question yeah, mark. Yeah, correct. Just some sort of so we'd be light on the track. Um, I believe that there would be there's is there open training this week. I reckon is it Thursday? 
Friday. Uh, Friday morning. Yeah, the captain's go. run. Okay. And then uh, and then we go from there. So we go into the last thing I just wanted to touch on before we wrap it up: the bye week. Any fears about the bye week? Last year, the two we teams won't know, that came. Will we? We're not going to know. You can't. You can't speculate on it because you don't know until we see what they come out like on Saturday. If they come out flat on Saturday, then yes, playing two games in four weeks is definitely an issue and something the AFL needs to look at in regards to having that bye in the first week of the finals. Yep. If they come out hard, as we expect that they will, then nothing would have been affected by it, and there'll still be a week before the start of the finals next year. I like to think that perhaps that the, you know, we had the two weeks before we were let off the leash for the last game, like rabbit dogs. And, you know, we saw what happened when that happened. We, we just played this lightning, relentless um, pressure game. And, you know, what if that's the same, if that, if, if, if the buy this week allows us to do that again, then I think that's great. Yeah. If, if we come out, if, if we're looking flat after, you know, the first 10 minutes, we're going to be rolling our eyes at each other going, oh, geez, what went wrong during I the just, week? I just don't think that's going to happen, though. I really, based off our performances all season, we haven't really came out and demonstrated that we're going to play flat football. We've always sort of been in it for at least one quarter for every game. You know, like on the exception, our worst performance the whole year, I would say, was against St Kilda because we matched Adelaide for at least a quarter. That's why I said we're capable of at least playing one good quarter of football in a game. So I, I don't think we're going to come out flat. I think we're going to match GWS and... I don't know about you guys, just quickly to end on, but I feel like, depending on who we're playing, we try and match them for a half, and then in that second half, we start to sort of get the run, and our we break players... Them. Yeah, we break them, and we've got the extra legs in the end. That, that's in I think, my opinion. I, I think that happens in a lot of games now. I yeah. think there's so many options that teams can go with. You've got to work out which plan they're going with initially, and then uh, adapt to that. Yeah. And that can take 10 to 15 minutes in a game before you actually settle down. Yeah, it just seems like we've kind of been a bit like that at mm. times. In the prime example being the Geelong game, we matched them for a half, and near the end of the third quarter, they kicked a couple, and then the last quarter ran over the top of them. That so. relentlessness, I think, is the yeah. key, isn't it? If, if they if they drop if they drop the pressure off at some point, they allow the opposition back into the game. But yep. if they let it build, they let it build, and then just keep it going. Where, where once the other team sort of you know hits the canvas, so to speak. Then it's on like Donkey Kong. Um, now I'm I'm expecting Swan Street on Saturday afternoon to be absolutely thriving with yellow and black. I think we're all going to be down there at some point before the game. Are you working, Shabex? Are you going to be playing the song? Voice doing the voice for the song at the end of it and all that. Yeah. Fingers crossed that you're playing the yellow and black. A tip, uh, Richmond by thirty-seven points. Mario in Doncaster's service station will be full of yellow and black. Go Tigers! <laughs> we're going to get a win. How much by? Not mentioning a margin. I'm tipping Richmond as well because I think we have to do it. Um, last thing I just wanted to mention, well done to Dustin Martin, MVP. Well done to Jacob Townsend, uh, our, our Liston Trophy winner. Uh, two awards in the in the week. It's fantastic. The momentum just keeps going. And we'll talk about Dusty's Brownlow next week. Next week. Thank you, gentlemen. It's Tiger time. Go, Go Tigers! Tigers! Go Tigers! The tiger of all, the strong and with all, with Tiger.